Hi, everybody. I'm Joshua Danziger. And I'm Ethan Canfield. Today is Thursday, February 25th. And this is The Young Perspective, where we talk about America's biggest political and social dilemmas from the eyes of two high schoolers. What is the meaning of life, young perspective listeners? Well, you would know the answer had you listened to our episode from last year. Months ago, yeah. A couple months ago regarding the meaning of life. But today we're discussing some different philosophical questions that we hope will enrich your mind. We're also, you know, busy. We have a lot of homework, so we didn't prepare much. Uh, So this is the next best option. Yeah, today's a chill episode. We're going to mellow out with some interesting questions. Josh and I each went went to this website. What was it called? It was called 205 Philosophical Questions on Conversation Starters World. Uh, And we we each went to the list, picked out some questions. Josh doesn't know my questions. I don't know his questions, so it should be fun. All right, Josh, you want to go first? Ethan, my question for you, and I'll respond after you do, is, you know, it's, it's one that's asked quite often, but do we truly have free will? Interesting. That's an interesting question. Because on one hand, you have the idea that as a human, we have a control of whatever we can do. If we want to do something, if we want to go and kill mass amounts of people, we can do it. I mean, there are consequences, but you have the free will to do so. However, there are consequences, right? There are plenty of laws in our society, uh, systems in place that keep us from doing things. They don't, hopefully, they keep us from doing things. At least they will punish us afterwards from doing it. We would like to think that they stop us in the first place, but not always. So, 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 so society keeps you from doing things. Right. I think that either, whether uh, the police stop you from doing something bad, or that's just an example I'm saying, or there's the fear of the consequence later on, those are some constraints that maybe stop you from having complete free will. I still think that in a society, you have the free will to do very, a lot of things, a lot of things, but maybe 100% you have no restraints. No, we don't have that in a fully-fledged society. Josh, what do you think? One of my favorite quotes is by a man named Jean-Jacques Rousseau, and he says that man is born free, but everywhere he is in chains. And I feel like that's true. You know, theoretically, we're free. We can do what we want. But society puts us in chains. uh, And and if we break those chains, there are severe, severe, severe consequences. But the question surrounding it is, what is free will? Mm -hmm. You could say, I have free will to do whatever I want. I have free will to not go to school. Is that truly free will? Because the government legally mandates that I go to school? Do I have the free will, really, not to go to the school if the government makes me? The thing is, you have free will, but you have consequences. So once you do that thing, once you don't go to school, you're now a fugitive. You're on the run. You're, you're trying to get away from the cops. Obviously, that's not the case. But the point is that if we were in a society, if we were just you know humans lying around doing whatever we want in a lawless place, we could literally do with whatever we want with no consequences whatsoever. That's complete free will. I still think that when you add laws to someone, that's not, they don't have 100% free will. But to be honest, who cares? If you have, you know, if you have your freedom to do pretty much anything under a 
you know, pretty fair, just law system, I'm okay with that. And I think everyone else is. And if the goal of life is truly to be happy, as we have discussed, you know, in, in our last episode a couple months ago, if that's truly the goal of life, then if everybody had true free will and everybody could do whatever they wanted to, you know, that then nobody would be happy because it'd be chaos. It'd be chaos. I don't want to bring a, bring a biblical thing in here, but um, in the the story of Noah, Noah's Ark, God was destroying the world because the world was chaos. Because everybody could do whatever they wanted. They stole and they raped and they, you know, there there were so many bad things going on because there was too much freedom. So I think it's a fine line between freedom uh, and in laws and regulations. All right. Now I have a question for you, Josh. Has the invention of the atomic bomb made the world a more peaceful place? Hmm. That, that's an interesting question. There's actually an interesting theory about that. So you have to ask, isn't you know, one or two or 10 or 15 or 30 atomic bombs enough for the United States? In the 50s and 60s, when they were arming up uh, the country with nuclear weapons during the arms race with the Soviet Union, you know, 30 nuclear weapons would have been enough for both sides. But when the U.S. saw that the Soviets got 40, the U.S. had to build build 40 just to compete. And when the U.S. saw that the Soviets got 50 and 60, the U.S. had to keep, you know, ramping up the scale of nuclear weapons production um, just to compete. The, the, the nuclear weapons weren't making the world, I don't think, per se, a safer place at all. The, it was just the U.S. couldn't let Russia get the upper hand. So uh, in the end of the day, I don't think nuclear weapons pose a great threat because I hope, I have the hope in my heart, it's a very naive hope that man will never use it because man understands that if I use nu- nuclear weapons, my neighbor is going to use his nuclear weapons on me right? It's mutually assured destruction for both of us. So hope man is smart enough to understand that. We've become, humans have become so strong that they have the power to destroy the entire earth in minutes. That's how powerful atomic bombs are. And you have so many across the whole world, the whole world could literally be destroyed in minutes. Now, feasibly, that wouldn't happen because, you know, no one would set off a million or hundreds of nuke, uh, hundreds of nukes. However, Theoretically, it could happen. Now, does that make the world more peaceful? I don't think so. I think that it, I think when you have such dangerous weapons, it doesn't bring peace. But the threat of the nuclear weapons does allow for major world powers to install peace and fear in other parts. Now, that kind of brings the idea of the whole East versus West uh, debate into what, who should control the earth, who should have nuclear weapons. It's definitely something you can go back and forth on because you're talking about a weapon that's not peaceful, but the weapons allow for certain things that we would say are peaceful to annihilate th- certain things that aren't peaceful. It depends on really who you ask. And I def- everyone could have their own uh, argument on it. I, I'm torn. I really don't know how I would answer this question. You know, thinking about it a little more, the sheer existence of nuclear weapons brings us one step closer to mutually assured destruction. You know, right. the, the existence of, of nuclear weapons at all m- gives humans the ability to, as you said, destroy the whole world. Uh, and yeah, we're at this point in history where, where we can do that. So I'd say in the end of the day that it, it has, has hurt the prospect of peace because there is that idea, there is that fear looming over our head that our, 
Our enemies will always go and nuke us and destroy us. Yeah. Okay, next question. Ethan, how long will you be remembered after you die? And Hmm. do you want to be remembered after you die? Well, a thousand percent, I definitely want to be remembered after I die. I mean, I feel like that's a lot of people's goals. They want to live a life that people will remember them for as long as possible. And I think that me personally, unless I grew up to be someone famous, which I don't plan on it. I mean, I'm sure that'd be great, but I doubt that will happen. Let's just say I live a normal life. The only people who are going to remember me are my family and friends. Most people who are going to really carry that on now is my family. So I know my kids will remember me. They'll pass that memory on to my grandkids. They'll still remember it because I'll hopefully still be alive when they're there. And then hopefully my grandkids will pass on uh, at least you know my name, maybe a picture of me to my great grandkids and so on, maybe for a few generations at least. That's the best I can ask for. But you know, I don't, I'm not going to make some ambitious claim that uh, hundreds of years down the road, I'm going to be remembered. I think I'll be remembered for a few generations after I die. And that's, I can only say that because I only know a few generations um, of people above me uh, who've, who have died. So, I mean, yes, maybe with written records, you know, the internet, my name could be last on longer, but I don't think it's going to last for that long. It's an interesting human characteristic to want to be remembered after you die. It's, it's I guess, at the end of the day, selfish. Um, I want to be remembered after I die. That's, you know, part of a lot of what I do is, like, how can I be more noteworthy? I, everybody wants to be famous even when they're living, um, even, even more so when you die. I think this is exemplified in the play Hamilton. One of the songs has an interesting line. Uh, it's in the chorus. It says, who lives, who dies, who tells your story. The whole song is asking, you know, I'm trying to do all these things. I'm trying to create this country. You know, Hamilton is trying to establish the United States of America during the Revolutionary War. And he's asking these questions. Who lives, who dies, and who's going to tell my story once once I'm dead? And and honestly, we all hope to, you know, be written in written records, as Ethan said, um, which we, we will be to some extent some more than others. But in a hundred years time, I don't think most people will remember my name. In 200 years time, you have to be a really, 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 really big figure to have your name remembered. You know, you might be in the footnotes of some textbook for doing something in history, but for everybody to know your name, you have to be a Napoleon Bonaparte, a George Washington, you know, uh, a King Charlemagne, huge people, Alexander the Great. Uh, and, And in history, over thousands of years, I could probably name, you know, if you know, maybe not even name. I, if you told me a lot of people's names, I could probably recognize 100 people from the last 2,000 years. So, Josh, this actually isn't one of my questions, but if you had to pick one person from our generation, who will be remembered in 200 years? One so person. Anyone from our age to maybe like 25, maybe 30. From our generation or like anybody living? Our generation, maybe plus millennials, but not like that old millennials. Try to pick it from our age. Let's do Justin Bieber. I don't know if he's, I think he might be older. I love the man. I, I love his new song, Lonely. Such an icon. Um, I know Taylor Swift is, is a little bit older, but I'm going to shift the question a little bit. Anybody living? I would say Donald Trump. Not because, yes. you know, not because I disagree with his policies. Uh, you know, it's not about the conservatism in him or anything into that nature. It's about the way he acted as president um, and the things he instilled in the Republican Party. He's the first president to have ever. He's the first president to ever have two impeachments, 
That well, itself is a record. He's also set many other records is in his presidency. He's a very one of the most consequential presidents uh, in the modern day, and so he will definitely remember down the history books. Any president you know, but- will. But the question was the question is why should he be remembered? And I think mm. he should be remembered because of how dangerous he was to the American democracy. On January sixth, he inspired his supporters, whether he you know he, whether he actually asked them to or not. It was him who inspired his supporters to go up and, and rise up and march into the Capitol and stop the vote, which they did that day. They did stop the vote, though it did con- did continue later that night. They were able to stop the vote, and, and he got what he achieved, and his danger to the American democracy um, and to the systems of this country hopefully will be examples to Americans in hundreds of years You know that, that you shouldn't act in such a way and you should respect the country. To that regard, in my history class, we're learning about all these empires. We're learning about the Greeks and the Persians, um, and now we're about to learn about the Romans. And it's amazing to me how many of these empires lasted 200, 300, and 400, or 400 years, right? Yeah, you have like something like... Uh, ancient China lasting for thousands of years. Which I mean, that's over multiple, <laughs> multiple empires. Or no, maybe the the, Egypt, the Egyptians. Yeah, the Egyptians lasted thousands of years. But just on the other end, you have others who lasted hundred or two hundred or three hundred years. You had the you know the Byzantines or the Babylonians or the or the the Persians who last four hundred years or something like that. Mm-hmm. They the really Acadians. didn't. They they really didn't last that long. And to me, it seems like you know America's two hundred fifty years old. Yeah, 250 years old. We're not that old. And no. chances are, like most vast majority of empires that have existed, we're going to fall in the next you know, 200 or 300 years. And it's, it's hard for me to fathom a world where you know, America is not an empire or America doesn't exist at all. But chances are, from history, that is going to happen. And that's just the weirdest thing to me. Yeah. That's something that's crazy to me to think as well. America as a world superpower being gone in a hundred years. I don't know. I can't think it, but history says it's true. I don't know. I think it'll last long, but, but you we'll can see. think you can, th- I guess I won't see. I'll be dead. But Hopefully even, I'll be dead before that happens. But even 200 years ago, the, the UK was at its height of its power, you know, the late 1700s or two mid, mid 1700s. I say with, with the height of their power, even into the 1800s, they were so, so powerful. And then they lost it all. They lost the U S they lost South Africa in the 1900s. They, they lost all of India. They lost, they lost all their territory. And now what are they? They're now the sun island. sets on in the British Empire. The sun never sets. It's true, even to some extent today. Set. Now, no, it does. They still have territories everywhere. The Falklands, um, you know, in, in Micronesia, they have some, some islands. But still, it's they're not what they once were. And maybe America will be like that one day. At least we don't rely on on other colonies to make our empire so huge. So we'll see. Yes, we do. I don't think I don't think the U.S. is. Yes, we do. We rely on 800, 750 military bases across the world to project our power and make our empire big. Fine, that's that's different. But I mean, I would say Guam is a colony. Puerto Rico Fine, is a like colony. It's, okay, it's not comparable to the British. No, it's not because the British, you know, they went to those colonies and they took slaves. Well, I don't know. It's interesting. Who knows what's going to happen? All these questions are very speculative. But interesting idea. Maybe we'll do this again sometime. And um, if yeah. you, so thank you everybody for listening. If you disagreed with anything we said or would like to add anything for future episodes, please email us at ejtheyoungperspective at gmail.com. We love to hear from our listeners, especially ones internationally, listener from France. We see you. We love you. If you want to find us on the internet, our website domain name is theyoungperspective.net. 
We want the .com URL. If you have it, let us know. <laughs> we'll pay you for it. And what else, Ethan? Uh, you can check out our Instagram. Check out our Instagram. The, young, the underscore young underscore perspective. And watch out for our episode drops every Friday at 3. Yep. Thank, thank you, everybody, for listening. And remember, this was The Young Perspective. <laughs>